Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is WTIC Pet Talk. Today, Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital takes your pet health questions. Whether you have a dog, cat, or hamster, this is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. And now, Pet Talk. Good afternoon. It is um, Saturday, and Saturday should be uplifting and relaxing, but yet getting some things done in your house. Um, but today, it's a little bit gloomy. Had to walk, drive through some fog on our way here to the studio in Farmington, but so happy to be here. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital, here to spend the next hour with you talking about your pets, answering those questions, some of the concerns you may have. Uh, We are here to, this is what the primary goal of this show is, is to have conversations, have some feedback. We've talked about many of you um, are sort of newly uh, in this category of pet parents, and you're totally enjoying it. Uh, If you have questions, just give us a call. And those numbers, again, are 860-966-9842 or 860-522-9842. And we will answer as many calls as we can. And um, it's good. It's just good to be back. Um, I think we are feeling a little bit more comfortable with going back to the, the routine of our days And some of you also are thinking and are planning on going back to work. And we actually have a survey that we've been looking at that, and it's kind of come out through this, uh, it's actually a dog walking app. It's called WAG, exclamation point. And they actually did a survey of over a thousand respondents um, about going back to work. And this is kind of recognizing that there's a National Puppy Day on March 23rd. Uh, And with that, it's looking at what people are thinking about. And I think the headline is, I actually heard, I had already planned to talk about this. And then I was listening to one of the morning shows in the background on television this week. And they mentioned this as well. So I think the headline on this was that the fact that of the people that they surveyed, They discovered that approximately half of the dog parents returning to work, about 42%, they will miss their dogs even more than their kids or their spouses. So that was some of the feedback they got back. Meanwhile, 
76% of these new dog parents um, who adopted dogs during the pandemic, they're worried. They're worried about that pet care challenges, how those pets are going to do while they're gone. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit uh, coming up here. But there are things that we can do to put put people at ease and put our pets at ease and just kind of plan for this. The, a couple other interesting findings was that dogs um, promote well-being. We all kind of know that in terms of just common sense if we have pets or we're around pets. But the number was kind of staggering. 93% reported having a dog has offered them mental health support, and 48% said that dog parenting reduced their anxiety. Now, I know that's also the case for cats as well, you know, especially cats that can sit on your lap, and we know how petting pets can lower our blood pressure. But these are some of the respondents and so how they kind of grappled with these numbers. 37% said the most surprising aspect of being a new puppy parent was the significant amount of love that they felt for their new best friend. And that, to me, is not surprising at all. The other, I think about an equal number or an equal percentage of it, didn't realize how difficult it was to train a puppy. Cats are much easier in training it's a lot less work. They still need it. You still need to um, engage with your cats as well as you do with your dogs. But it is a lot more work. And I tell people if they want a pet and they're open to dogs or cats, but they really don't feel they quite yet have the time to do it, try, start with a cat or even two. I think two is actually perfect. They keep each other company while you're gone. Um, don't take up that much more room. But that's one thing that you have to go in this with your eyes wide open. And lastly, uh, talking about this study, they felt traveling 26% or 28% travel often with their dogs, and another 29% described that they would travel if their dogs could tag along. From the beginning of when I started working in veterinary medicine, there was hardly a hotel or motel that would accept a pet while you stayed overnight or stayed over for a few nights. That has changed dramatically. I think New York City was one of the first to really kind of turn that around. And uh, there are many, many websites that talk about hotels. You can kind of find a hotel or motel where that will accept pets. I find the area that still is kind of not as accepting are people that rent their homes for vacations. If you want to rent a week at the Cape, that sometimes will, I find that is still very specifically, will not allow your pets to come along. But again, there's so many different options that you can kind of weed through that and decide what you're going to do. Now, if you don't, if you don't have the capability of bringing your pet, we're going to kind of give you some tips a little bit later on today, too, about what, how do you plan that you want to go away, but you're not going to be able to bring your, your cat or dog along. What are your options? Do you have to um, go and visit a location where they may pet? Do you want somebody to, to come into your home and take care of their pets? So there's lots of different options, but you need to plan. I have said several times uh, since the, over the last couple of years, since the, last, since the pandemic started, that we are seeing more and more pets. And because of that, grooming facilities... Uh, dog care, um, dog, I guess, uh, play areas, the parks, um, even obviously veterinary offices were all busier than ever because of the number. So you really want to plan ahead. And if you plan ahead, things can move along so much more smoothly for you. And again, you want to find something that's going to be safe and comfortable for your pets. 
So some, this is, you know, based on our little survey and um, that this WAG exclamation point did. And I am saying this. I don't know how scientific this is, but it made sense to me. I have felt a difference, a kind of a change in how people are looking at their pets, how their responsibilities as pet parents. I've just seen a little change in the culture. And so many people in conversation or as we start to get together, you know, dinner conversations, cocktail party conversations that are starting to happen, people say, you know, I'm really worried. I'm really worried about the fact that when people go back to work, we're going to see a lot more dogs or cats in the shelters. And for me, there's something that seems a little bit different this time. I don't know um, why, and I think my gut feelings tend to go a long way. But I feel that people, because we've had this time to bond with our pets, I don't feel that many people, in comparison to other times in our lives, are going to give them up. I think they're going to try to find make this work because these guys, these cats and dogs, hamsters, they were our saving grace many times. Um, you know, we kind of had to go through the pandemic aspect of life. Um, but, and you do what you have to do. But in reflection and reflecting about this, it really does seem like different to me. So I'm I'm always optimistic for the most part. I'm a person that sees the the glass half full rather than half empty. So that's kind of where, where I am um, being very optimistic, but it's still your responsibility. And some of you that are like grandparents of pets, if you're grandparents um, and you, maybe you can offer while your kids go back to work, if you're not working, that you can come in and walk them. I have found that to also a trend where people are, even though they're leave separately from their kids or, or wherever the pet is, they are offering to help. Um, so I think with that, let's kind of, we're going to go to some questions as soon as we get back from the break. I believe we're going to take a very quick break. But then um, Beverly's, like I said, you are the priority, your phone calls, your questions. So we'll be right back with more veterinary edition of Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. It was fun when we were young and Talk is back. Now Saturdays at 1 on WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome back. You are listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I am Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And we are here on Saturday afternoons, and we totally enjoy being here. Uh, and one of the reasons why, you know, we've had several uh, producers on the show over the years, because we've been here a long time, <laughs> but Anthony is an absolute delight. And if I can bring something yummy from a bakery, he's even in a better mood. So thank you, Anthony, for everything that you do right up front. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, you know I don't bake. We've talked about that before. But you know my heart's in the right way. I know where to buy the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been blown away by some of the cookies you've got me. So, <laughs> Well, you deserve the best. So, And again, um, we're here to answer your questions. So you can give us a call at 860-966-9842 or 860-522-9842. And I enjoy this part to be able to talk with the, my pet parents. And Beverly, you're the first one of the afternoon. How are you? Oh, 
very good. Well, thank you. Uh, I remember you helping me out with my Charlie several years ago, and uh, I'm glad you're still still doing this. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, well, I have a problem. I um, she, my uh, cat. She's only uh, seven pounds. Um, she uh, 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 and she she um, she's been scratching uh, under her chin. And behind her ears, mm-hmm. and um, I couldn't figure out, you know, why. So she's always had a flea collar. So I brought her up to the vet, and the vet, you know, couldn't find anything wrong with her at all, and um, said, you know, maybe just uh, try different food. So I, you know, I've been giving her like bacon once once a week, and a little bit of milk, and a treat. And so I said, well, maybe we'll try that. And then the vet had mentioned about. Instead of the food that she has now, um, maybe that's making her allergic. And maybe go back to the other kind. So yesterday I bought the other kind of food. That's same name brand, but I mean it's just for uh, six years old and up. You mm-hmm. know, instead of the seven and up. Right. And um, uh, she ate some of it, but then she puked. But then she <laughs> has a tendency sometimes to, to do, do that. some coughing. Yeah. And um, and she's always washing herself. I mean, okay. she's so petite. She's really a clean cat. The only thing I can see on her is it looks like a tiny, tiny bit of maybe dandruff. Yeah, on, on her chin area or on her back? Or where, oh, where are you seeing the dandruff? I, where, well, she's black and white, so okay. all I can see is okay. you know on the on the black the black okay. part. You know, it's just okay. a little bit. And they brush her with that fibrillator. Yeah, that yeah. and she, I get a lot of fur out of that. Okay, so. I, I like I said, I'm going to try maybe this food here, but right. what's your suggestion? I I know you'll help. help sure. Or, oh, yeah. you're wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. I, you know, I, I appreciate the confidence, and we may have to even you know talk about this a little bit more after news as well, because the fact that the lesions are on the chin and the face, I. I can see where your veterinarian was recommending let's maybe she's allergic to the food but i think what might have gotten lost a little bit in the translation beverly is that you have to pick the food appropriately usually it's you don't want to add a bunch of different things you don't want to add bacon or tuna what you want to do is find a food that's going to be a new protein for her Um, meaning that's usually the main thing they're allergic to so if she's there and there's certain there's certain proteins that cats tend to be more allergic to than others so a lot of them tend to be allergic to beef believe it or not a lot of them are allergic to even you know uh, tuna so you want if if you can kind of remember what the main proteins um, were in her food before we want to try to switch to something else and one of the ones I do like as a hypoallergenic kind of single protein food you're following me would be something like a rabbit, something that they don't have typically in all the other uh, cat foods out there. You want to pick a different type of protein. Does that make sense? Yeah, but you mean don't don't stick with the, the name brand that she's got, right? No, you have to read the labels, Beverly. We have to look at the label and see what's in it. That, And I think that that's what the part that sometimes we don't... We don't explain this well enough, is when you say, Mike, when someone tells you your cat might be allergic to the food what part of the food it's not just the name brand and even if you stick with the same name brand every name brand will have foods that have mainly chicken in it and then they may have a different food that has mainly turkey in it uh-huh so what i we in veter- in our veterinarian world there are some proteins that tend to be less 
allergic, or but they have m- less of an allergic component to them. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm saying that's why I'm saying rabbit is they'll even see foods that say this. There's only one protein in it because a lot of uh, canned foods, in particular, have yeah. some beef, turkey, and chicken all mixed in. You want to go to a single ingredient of protein. Hopefully, I'm making sense when I'm talking to you about this. Well, so in other words, um, uh, well, I've got the bag. You want me to get the bag? And- yeah, we're going to do that. Do that for me if you can uh, while we're while we're going to the news. Okay, because okay, we're because I'm going to put that in one little basket. Okay, talking about I'll put, food I'll and put, food I'll get allergy. The bag out right now. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to put you on hold. Okay. <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, let me make sure. Uh, is that the bottom button or top button? I can't. All the things. It's the square. The square. Okay. Hopefully she's on hold. Yeah, she is. it worked. Yeah, you did okay. It. So it's been a while. So um, so we're gonna co- when we come back, we're going to see what kind of ingredients are in Be- at Beverly's food. But then I think her cat also needs some treatment. Sometimes we want to give her like a little bit of prednisone, try to break this cycle of the allergy. Uh, when she talks about the chin, many of you probably have had a cat with, that was diagnosed with chin acne. Um, sometimes the ears get really crusty with the food allergy. But I'm going to also, we're going we'll to come back. We're going to make sure that her veterinarian, I'm sure, looked in the ears and we're not dealing with an ear infection. So we're going to have a lot to unpack. When we get back, hopefully Beverly will be able to find some ingredients. We'll be right back with more Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. And now, back to Law Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome back, everybody. I'm attorney John Matulis from the Hartford County Bar Association. The Law Talk is with you right up until 1 o'clock. We delight in taking your phone calls and dispensing legal information, legal advice, just like we're going to do for Carolyn Glastonbury. We've got a line or two open for you also. The phone number is 860-522-WTIC. 1-800-966-9842, and we'll be happy to get to you. And the much-awaited You Be the Judge episode starring our producer as the virtual judge in our little uh, drama. Uh, before we get to that, this is the time in the show that I advise you, if you don't have an attorney and you need some legal advice or some legal information, maybe even some legal representation, we've got a great opportunity for you to get that. You contact the Hartford County Bar Association's not-for-profit not-for-profit lawyer referral service, and they'll put you in touch with an attorney that is vetted because they are insured because they are experienced in the discipline that you need for your specific part of the law question, and they are free of disciplinary entanglements. So let me tell you how this works. You phone them at the number that I'm going to give you in just a moment. They'll ask you a few questions to try to determine the nature of your question and who best can help you for that specific question or issue, and they will then refer you to an attorney who, as I mentioned, is experienced in the right subdiscipline, is insured, and is free of disciplinary problems. So what do you get, and what is it? cost? Those are the two key questions. Here's what you get. 
You get a half-hour consult with that attorney. You can do it over the telephone. You can do it face-to-face in the attorney's office. You can do it over Zoom or whatever it is that you would like to do. And what does it cost? Okay, here's the good part. There's only a one-time only fee of $35, which helps to pay a portion of the cost of running the program for staff fees, rent, telephones, etc., Now, it gets a little bit better than that. The $35, there's no hard sell, there's no further obligation. But if you're calling about your personal injury claim, no $35 fee, no fee at all. If you're calling about your Social Security disability claim, no fee. If you are calling about your workers' compensation claim, no fee. And like I said, at the end of the half hour, there is no hard sell. However, if further legal services are requested and you and the attorney are interested in working together with each other, you two can discuss that or not, entirely up to you. So here's how you contact them. You contact them at 860-525-6052. And for those of you that are fumbling around for your pencil, here it comes again. Okay, get ready. 860-525-6052. That is the Hartford County Bar Association's not-for-profit lawyer referral service at 860-525-6052. Many of you may be listening over the Internet and outside of Hartford County. doesn't matter because these are programs that are built on a model from the American Bar Association. There are numerous similar programs operating, and uh, they've had calls from people, and they've been able to steer people to organizations similar to theirs from California, from Florida. There was one from New Mexico, North Carolina. So even if you're listening on the Internet, give them a call. They'll help put you in touch with a similar program in your area where you can get the same type of help. That is the Hartford County Bar Association's not-for-profit lawyer referral service at 860-525-6052. Far better than selecting an attorney from a billboard or from an Internet ad. Okay, that said, we're going to go to Carolyn Glastonbury. Hey, Carol, thank you so much for your patience. You are on Law Talk, and tell us how we can help you. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm calling on actually my brother's situation. He purchased, he paid off his house. Uh, He's in retirement. He paid off his house in 2018 and received his deed free and clear. In uh, 2020, he uh, talked to his bank about arranging a mortgage loan, I guess that's what you call it. He wanted to do some repairs on the house, and um, his house is worth three to 500000 So they were very interested in doing his paperwork and set it up. But when they um, met on it after they pulled the paperwork together, the bank said, in 2014, four years before he paid his house off, there was a lien on his house for, I think it was $22,000 or twenty-six, and that on a credit card uh, bill that was unpaid. Hmm. Now, my brother is very old-fashioned, has never had a credit card, nor ever, not now, not ever. He thinks his wife who passed away in uh, 2012 perhaps um, got a credit card in his name and forged his name. Um, So he and the bank said, well, you can get your 
mortgage loan, but you have to pay your 26000 out of that. <laughs> he said that wasn't good for him. So he and his daughter called the company who apparently has this lien on the bank, gave them that information. They wouldn't speak to the bank. They hung up on my brother. They hung up on his daughter when she called. They did say they would send him the paperwork. So they sent him a package of paperwork, none of which showed the application for the credit card because he could prove it wasn't his signature. Understood. And it's sort of a dead situation now because the bank doesn't want to move forward. I think they would have the ability to do that if they wanted to, but they don't. And he doesn't know how to get rid of a lien or prove that it is unfounded. So let me see if we can be helpful for you and your brother here, Carol. Okay. okay? What I'm understanding is that he paid off the mortgage, assumed that the title was free and clear, went to the bank and applied for what we'll refer to as a home equity line of credit, which is probably going to be secured by a new mortgage. The bank wants to be in first place. They had a title search done, and that was when this bogus judgment lien, which is probably what it is, was discovered. Okay? Right. So that's got to go away. Now, there are ways to do that. It is illegal and improper for a creditor who is on notice that the underlying judgment is invalid. In this case, it's invalid because it was obtained against the wrong person to refuse to release a lien. There's a specific statute in Connecticut, and there are uh, monetary penalties that mount up very, very quickly. Uh, This is a little bit more than we can get into on the air right now, but there are Uh remedies. And as backdrop to this, I should mention that there are companies out there, and I will refer to them as scavengers and they go to credit card companies that either have defaulted accounts or have judgments that they haven't collected and they pay them literally pennies on the dollar for the right to pursue it then they do some computer matching and they discover well lo and behold here's a judgment against this guy or an unpaid claim against this guy and he owns a house with a lot of equity in it so those None of that is valid and none of that is legitimate. How it is that you dislodge that? I'm going to suggest that you give a call to the lawyer referral service because this is a consumer law issue and there are some people on that panel that are quite expert at this. Um, There are statutes that can be invoked that compel these people to release this judgment lien. And if they don't, they can be sued and there are substantial penalties for them failing to do that. Why did the legislature write a law with substantial penalties? Because guess what? Your brother is far and away not the first person that they did this to. It was a Mm -hmm. widespread problem. So this is what has to be done. Can I give you that number for that lawyer referral service again? Thank you. Okay, it's 860-525-6052. Okay. And uh, if you get a recording, they will call you back. Otherwise, during the workday, you will talk to a very nice person. They'll get you the information, and they will refer you appropriately. But there mm-hmm. are remedies, and uh, they're not going to ignore the attorney because if he or she does this properly and they have to sue, it's going to cost this creditor uh, an awful lot of money. And it should be handled through a lawyer directly, not not them trying to handle this with this 
company. No, you're going to get the same result when the you reached out to the company before. I think you told me they hung up on uh-huh. you. They the only reason they're even me. sending you any paperwork is because there's a federal law that requires them to do so if there's a demand that within 30 days or 60 days, I forget which, that they provide mm-hmm. the basis or the documentation for it. So that's the only reason they even showed you that little courtesy because the federal law requires them to do it. Uh, the okay. only way you're going to get their attention is to hit them in the face with a fist, so to speak. And forgive the ugly metaphor, but that's what you need yep. an attorney who's going to be willing to do in order to get this cleared off so your brother can get his uh, home equity loan and do that remodeling that he wants to do. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And I call us on a future help. show and let us know how it works out. Okay, Carol? I will. Okay. Thank you. Excellent. Okay. Take care Bye-bye. and good luck with that. All right, it's time for us to take another break. We'll be happy to uh, get back on the air right after this break where we're going to play You Be the Judge with the virtual judge, our producer, Anthony Dorenzo. In the meantime, if you've got a call and you want some legal advice, some legal information, let us help you out the way we just tried to do with Carol. 860-522-WTIC, 1-800-966-9842, only here until 1, and we'll be back with more of Law Talk right after this. to Law Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, our longtime theme here at Law Talk, welcoming us back to the last segment for this Saturday, the last day of winter. Looking forward very much to spring, which starts tomorrow. Uh, Susan and Cheshire, please hold on. We're going to get to your call shortly. If you've got a legal issue, a legal question, love to hear from you at 860-522-WTIC, 1-800-966-9842. In the meantime, we're going to return to a feature that we've tried out, and there's been a lot of support for this. We're calling it You Be the Judge. I will set the fact pattern. Let me introduce, first of all, our judge of the day. Uh, He's putting on his virtual robes right now, our producer, Anthony Dorenzo. Uh, Your Honor, say hello to the listeners. Hello to the listeners. Okay, order in the court. Now, here is the fact pattern for today. This comes from family law. As with all of our cases, this is a real case. In fact, uh, the case is called Cohen versus Cohen, and this was a divorce disaster. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Cohen tried their divorce case for a couple of days. The judge declared a mistrial and sent it to what's called the Family Regional Trial Docket in Middletown. And at that point, according to the summary, the actual trial started again. It took place over 28 days scattered between August of 2017 to August of 2018. Um, The opinion shows that Mrs. Cohen was accused of incredible misconduct, failing to file for file court orders about disclosing things and so on, and I'm sure there was a lot of frustration all the way around. When they finally tried the case, the judge basically split the estate the estate consisted of $47.5 million worth of assets, and each one of them got about 50% of those assets. But in addition, Mrs. Cohen was ordered to pay $65,000 toward Mr. Cohen's legal fees, 
which was probably a drop in the bucket, and $5,000 in sanctions for misconduct. So she appeals to the appellate court. Now, here comes the issue. And, Judge, this is where we're going to have you weigh in. Um, Mrs. Cohen pointed out, and there's no dispute over this, that during the history of this long-running case, there was one point where there was a conference and the judge was recorded as saying, I am just not going to have that stupid woman talk anymore. And then there was another event where there was some kind of a conference about a transcript and there was a discussion about Mrs. Cohen's apparent unwillingness to um, pay money or something of that nature. And the judge said something about, well, at least she'll pay for an expedited report. And the recording shows there was a lot of laughter. Mrs. Cohen feels justifiably that this was improper. And what she has done is she has said, I want a new trial, and here's the reason. This court improperly prejudged my credibility, and it made decisions based on something other than the actual testimony and the evidence and the facts. It based it upon a judicial bias, and these two examples show clearly that there was judicial bias. So this matter goes to the appellate court, and the court is asked on the grounds of what is called the plain error doctrine to reverse this and send it back to another judge for trial because the same judge can't try the case after it's been reversed. So, Judge Anthony, here is the question. You are now the appellate court. You have heard the two claims of Mrs. Pons Cohen here. Uh, Number one, the judge said that I'm just not going to let that stupid woman talk. Number two, some off-the-cuff remark about her finally having to pay for something which caused laughter. After that was all recorded. No real dispute about those statements being said. She claims that is complete error and it is uh, the basis for the appeal. You are the appeal judge. Based on that, does she get a new trial? I would say yes. I think uh, name calling like that, I think that gives her justification enough to have, uh, you know, a legitimate argument with that point. Okay. So we've got. Judge Anthony's view on that. Uh, No question whatsoever this conduct was not something anybody would be proud of. Here's what the appellate court says. No new trial. And here's the reason, folks, okay? The court wrote that although the trial court's comments were ill-advised, we cannot conclude that they meet the standard for plain error. We would have to conclude that they constituted an error so obvious that it affected the fairness and integrity of and the public confidence in the judicial proceedings. It would have to be an error of such monumental proportion that it threatened to erode our system of justice and work a serious and manifest injustice on the aggrieved party. So that is the Supreme Court and uh, the court pointed out further, this is Justice Mullen's writing, over the course of approximately two years, the trial court repeatedly gave her notice and an opportunity to be heard regarding her failure to comply with the trial management orders, gave her multiple opportunities to comply. She repeatedly failed to do so. So unlike last week, this week, Judge Anthony 
did not agree with the Supreme Court, or more accurately, the Supreme Court did not agree with Judge Anthony. <laughs> Here's the quick thought on this one. First of all, she was obviously a colossal pain in the neck, and that probably had a lot to do with this. Secondly, orders are orders. And when Justice Mullins quotes numerous repeated fi- failure to follow court orders, it's going to make a difference. So the takeaway today is that even though the language was unfortunate, the overall conduct probably made for a very frustrated judge and the Supreme Court excused it. That is our little takeaway for today. Just Judge Anthony, thank you very much. Let's go to Susan in Cheshire. Susan, hi. Thanks for your patience. You are on Law Talk, and tell us how we can help you. Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, my mom has been in a nursing home um, since 2018, and she is on Title 19. She went on Title 19 in late 2018. Okay. Um, I received a letter from the IRS in 2019 or 2020 saying, why didn't she pay her taxes? Um, so I wrote back, said she's in a nursing home on, um, and on Title 19. The state has deemed her you know, worthy of, of receiving Title 19. Um, I am her power of attorney. So fast forward, um, I wrote them a, a letter saying that she's in a nursing home and, and describing that. Within the last month, I got a letter from the IRS saying that she owes thousands of dollars for failure to pay her income tax and report her income tax. So I need to know, am I liable in any way? And also, what should I do to, um, she has no money because she's on Title 19. Understood. What can I do or what should I do? Okay, excellent questions. We're going to have to be a little bit brief here. And if we don't finish this, I'm happy to talk about it next week also. First of all, you are functioning as her agent under a power of attorney. Typically, you're not going to have personal liability for something that she would be liable for unless you in some fashion intentionally intended to either commit a fraud or did something that was uh, flagrant self-serving. If you took all of her money and gave it to yourself, for example, Mm -hmm. and to make her eligible for Title 19, that might be an issue. But short of facts of that nature, and I'm not asking you to respond to that at this point, you would have no personal liability as the agent under a power of attorney. Now, as uh, our listeners may know, Title 19 is the state-run program which provides federal funds for people in convalescent homes instead of using whatever funds they have. They're required to be impoverished. You're left with $1,600 dollars of cash and a couple of other things like a prepaid burial plan and not much else beyond that. Here's my recommendation. Uh, Who prepared the Title 19 application for your mom? Um, It was done at an attorney's office. Okay. You go right back to that attorney's office and say, we've got these different tax issues that have come up here, and I want to know if you're going to help me with these or how it is that we're going to address this. Uh, Title 19 planning is extremely complex. Um, There are ways to do it where you can get some very, very desirable results. However, there are other ways to do it that get you in trouble. And if your mom... 
uh, did this. Well, you've been the agent under the power of attorney. I don't think you're going to have trouble. One of the things we're going to talk about next week, because we didn't get to it today, is whether or not advice of counsel is a defense in a matter. And that's an important issue. But my advice to you, Susan, as we're drawing uh, to a close of Law Talk here, is go right back to the attorneys who prepared this, make it clear to them that this is what happened, and uh, demand that they're either going to address it or they're going to tell you how it's going to be addressed. And please call us on a future show and let us know how that works out, okay? Okay, very good. Thank you. Thanks. I'm going to have to run. That music is my uh, notice that another Law Talk has come to a conclusion. Thanks very much to all of you who've called and listened. Thanks very much to producer Anthony Dorenzo, a.k.a. a virtual Judge Anthony. We'll see you next week. Law Talk is presented as a public service by the Hartford County Bar Association. Its content is intended to be educational and informative, but is not considered to be formal legal opinion. If you want or need a formal legal opinion upon which to rely on decision-making, please consider formally engaging an attorney to review all relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent law as it applies to those facts. A solid opinion means better decisions. The views expressed during this program are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of the Hartford County Bar Association, its officers, or its directors. Welcome back. And it is Saturday. Saturday um, from 1 to 2, we have Pet Talk. I always love running into John Matulis, who does Law Talk from 12 to 1. And then we have such a great group of people in the morning shows as well. So we have a nice crew here on the weekend. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis, and we're here for another 25 minutes. So I will encourage you now to call in, and we can get you in the queue and answer some of your questions. Uh, We have been very fortunate to have uh, Beverly with her uh, questions about her cat and unfortunately breaking out on the chin and the ears. Do I have that right, Beverly? Yeah, well, you can't see anything, though, because the doctor looked and he couldn't find anything at all. So the chin's not losing any hair, huh? No, but you know what I noticed yesterday? um, Behind one ear, um, there's a little fur taken out. Yeah. And... um, uh, the, uh, when I discovered it in, uh, in the beginning, um, that one ear had like a fur taken off on the uh, lower part of yeah. the ear, mm-hmm. you know, everything. I've got the, um, the the thing here. It says uh, it's uh, high quality protein yeah. for lean muscles. It says essential terrine for heart, heart health and balanced minerals yeah. for kidney and bladder. Right. But, I was giving her, by the way, um, milk, a little tiny bit of milk. Yeah. You know, I was wondering, it, no. you know, one, it was mostly 2% and, and uh, full. Yeah. Maybe that has something to do with it, too. Right. It could be dairy products, Some, believe it or not, can be quite um, make cats quite allergic. Um, and that they don't agree when they, and, you know, sort of take in um, milk, cheese, uh, ice cream. That I know oh, some no, people... she doesn't drink that, but she does like... Like I said, she'll have that, and maybe she'll. Sometimes she'll have a little fish. If I'm, you know, because I eat right. a lot of fish, and uh, I give her a little piece, and she likes it. Other times, right. you know, 
Chicken is no. She really doesn't like chicken. Okay. Well, see, you seem like you. What you do is you're talking about some human food that you add to her regular food, right? You tend to like to give some of the extras. Well, yeah, they were treats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. I think um, so. I, I assume when your veterinarian looked at her. She um, or he looked into the ears and saw that there was no ear infection. Um, the mouth was good. The teeth aren't bothering her. Because, right. again, so if all that is A-OK, when they are itchy about around the face, we do think of allergies. And then you can have allergies to your environment or allergies to what they're eating. So oh, it, I see. OK, so but usually when it's head and face, we concentrate on the allergies of the food first. Uh-huh. And you want to be very scientific about it. If you're going to do this study or this trial, is the best way to put it, you don't want to add the extras. You want to just stick with the, if you want to just stick with the food that you have, you know, you can stick with that and not give her anything extra and see how she does. Oh, okay. Okay. If the hair loss gets worse, if she, she's waking up at night to scratch herself, or she just, every time you look at her, you can kind of hear her scratching with her back leg. Then, yeah. then she may need some med- some intervention medically, where her, your doctor may have to give her an injection or give you some oral medicine to give her just to stop the cycle of the uh, of the itch of the pruritus. Uh-huh. So, so um, you can. So, I need you to do that. Try to stick, stay away from the treats for now. Let's give it a good four to six weeks of just her food and see how she does. Oh, okay. And if she gets itchier. Where you feel it's really affecting her quality of life, because you can imagine if you were itchy, uh-huh. you would want to do something to stop it. That uh-huh. there is medicine that can help to stop the itch, but you want to try to get that will help the symptom. Uh-huh. But we're trying to also get to the why is it happening, right? Uh huh. Okay. So that that's my um, kind of my tips for you or my recommendations for you uh, to work on. Okay. So eliminate everything except her own food. Yes. And her water and. And see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and you said about give it a good four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, that's the time that you know, we recommend, especially dermatologists um, recommend that to kind of get all the old kind of proteins out of their system. And, and yeah. Um, I see. So I let's see. go for, you know, and, but again, I'm more, I do want you to, to heed the, the warning about if she's itchier, there's things we can do to make her more comfortable. I, I always try to put ourselves in their place. And uh-huh. if we were itchy and we were scratching at our hands all the time or at our ears, we would want somebody to try to help. We would want some, some relief, right? Mm-hmm. So, and we do have things available. Well, you, you know, you, the vet had mentioned something about she could give her something, but she said sometimes it has side effects but she didn't say what it was at all it's probably she was probably talking about the steroid either prednisone or something called yeah it was a steroid yeah yes yeah and you know how old is your cat uh she's going on nine years old okay and you do run a risk i would say that risk you have to just about any medication has risk with it but I, i think again it's all you have to balance the risk benefit and if somebody is really itchy and really suffering one injection can just kind of break that cycle. I don't like giving, there is a long lasting um, steroid that can last for three weeks. I would not give that. Yeah, I would that's just, a human being. Yeah, because once you get that into the system, mm-hmm. and one of the side effects that she's talking about, some cats can be prone to diabetes if they're on steroids oh. long term. So she explained it very well, and I'm with her 100%. But sometimes you just, just sometimes just have to give a little, give in and, just to give them a little bit more comfort. Mm-hmm. 
All right. All right, Jay. Thank you very much, and I'm glad you're still around. <laughs> Me too. For the radio on I, I agree. Yeah, oh, she helped out with Charlie many years ago. Yeah. Well, Beverly, if you know, again, in another, well, I'll be here for, definitely next month. So, if uh, it would be great for our audience because food allergy comes up all the time, and both at work and even here on the radio. And, oh, and then, really? Yeah. Oh, I should. Yeah, I should listen more. And people don't really understand what that means. A lot of times, people say, "Well, I changed her food." Well, well, what did you change it to? What's the ingredient in it? There's more that goes into just changing the food. So um, thank you for bringing this up because it's a, a you've helped educate many others that are listening as well. Well, um, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm like a detective. I When I found out what was the matter with her, I said, what's the matter? You know, and I tried. Don't give her any of the treats. So nope. like, like I said, I, I stopped that. But then, like I said, I went back to the... Um, the uh, uh, food that she had mm-hmm. previously mm-hmm. that was for adults up to six years old, whereas the other one was seven and up. Right. But like I said, it was she was itching and all that. But yeah, it's probably what's well, my fault too. Probably no, I wouldn't blame yourself. I mean, you can get an allergic, you can get an allergy to the same food you've been on for two years. I, I have some people that never change the food, and their their dog or cat will break out with allergies. So this oh. isn't your fault. You're doing the right thing, trying to see how can we get her back on track, and, yeah, and we're going to well, help you do that. Yeah, and you had mentioned uh, 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 like outside uh, your the pollen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, even when we start opening up the windows, too, I'll tend to see some cats and dogs kind of break out that maybe your cat doesn't go outside. But when we kind of open the windows and, yes, everything's going to be, you know, pollinating and uh, we're going to just kind of see that green stuff on our cars pretty soon. So, um, yeah, I, it, that's another possibility. But usually they're with with the environment they tend to be itchy a little bit all over uh-huh. the, the clue here is it's uh, her head and primarily that's that's itchy for her yeah, that's, that's, that's a clue with her it's just there and that's it right right so that's why it's a we have nothing to lose by just being a little strict about the food yeah and and I'll then to, you know we'll go from there but if she again if she gets worse yeah. talk to your veterinarian and say i, I you know I'm, I'm thinking about taking getting that injection just to help her Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, you, Beverly. Nice uh, connecting again. Same here. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye now. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, that food allergy can be quite um, confusing. How do you do it? Um, And I just want people to try to learn the right way and we have something on our website um if you go and we do have a website that you can contact us it's uh, bloomfield animal hospital ct for connecticut dot com so bloomfield animal hospital ct dot com there's all sorts of nice articles helpful articles that can help you you can even hear some of the previous radio shows that we've had on the topics we've got that linked up but also a way to contact us and um, ask some of your questions. So before we take uh, our next break, I just wanted to kind of go over my positive feeling about why I feel that when we go back to work, some of us never stop going inside the office. But when we start going, those of you that are kind of transitioning slowly uh, and having these um, kind of mixed at home, also in the office, you know, what are we going to, how are our pets going to feel? And I just want to give a couple more um, numbers from this survey that was done. 
and why I feel that this is going to be a different time around, that people are going to tend to hold on to the pets they adopted because 88% of people who adopted dogs are very satisfied with their adoption experience. And that's just the, the experience. And not all adoption agencies are alike. Some are better than others. So I thought that almost 90% is a pretty good, decent number. And 93% say that their dog has provided them with the mental health support that they really need, which I mentioned earlier. So this conversation about doing whatever we can to make this a successful transition is something I will probably harp on as we kind of, I know my son's not going back into the office until July. So I know this is going to be happening over the next uh, four to six months uh, that people are going to be transitioning. So we're going to try to do whatever we can to help you. All right, I will take that break now. And then we'll come back with more Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. Pet Talk is back. Now Saturdays at 1 on WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome back to our last 10 minutes of Pet Talk, the veterinary edition. And we are here to answer any of your questions. And as the song reflects, we're just one call away. We're very kind. We, we're, hopefully you're not scared. Um, we treat you well. But again, those questions that you have, there's nothing that is too small or too... Um, People say, well, I don't want to call with a stupid question. There are no stupid questions when it has to come with your pets. So give us a call at 860-966-9842 or 860-522-9842. And that's what we're, that's what we're here for. Uh, I thank uh, Justin Levine for helping supplying the music that goes along from our bumper breaks. We always appreciate that. And we've been talking about certain things that we can do about making our, our pets' lives easier, more comfortable, making your lives not so stressful. And one of the things that I have noticed in my practice is that people, because they have been home more and not going out, they've been paying more attention to their pets. Not just that they've the newly ones that they've adopted or the new puppies and kittens, but they're just a bit more observant. And I think, and more time to go online and read things that may be correct or may be incorrect. So again, that's why this show I think is so important is that we're going to give you the facts. We're going to give you the medical scientific facts. But going back uh, to what I wanted to go with is that we, I'm seeing more people kind of recognizing that their dogs or cats are not as mentally alert as maybe they were uh, a couple of years ago. And we have a real syndrome in dogs in particular. We have it in cats as well. We just don't tend to have medication to help yet in cats, but it's cognitive dysfunction syndrome. And essentially, it's the dog equivalent of Alzheimer's disease. And we do see this CDS um and, and it's a dog's brain gradually degenerates. Uh, you know, it leads to abnormal or senile behaviors, um, and that just reflects their cognitive dysfunction. We tend to see it commonly in older dogs, obviously, generally occurring after nine years of age. It is age-related, but there is a substance toxic to the brain called beta 
amyloid protein, and that's what seems to be part of the problem. Uh, Other changes in the brain include reduced blood flow and dysfunctional neurons as well. So this is the scientific part behind it. But how can you tell whether your dog or cat are starting to show signs of CDS? I will say the most common thing is that I feel that nighttime almost becomes daytime for them and vice versa. They'll sleep all day but be really rambunctious and alert and walking around at night. They tend to wander. Sometimes there's more anxiety and confusion. Some of my patients will urinate or defecate in the house, which is something that they've never done before. Pacing occurs, and again, that's often done at night when you're sleeping, and so you can hear this um, just walking around all night long. There's less interaction with the owners. They don't recognize familiar people and you or animals or even commands sometimes. And you feel like, oh, you know, you might see a little cloudiness in their eyes and you think, oh, they're going to have, they have cataracts and that's why they can't recognize people. But that's not necessarily the case. And usually that cloudiness in the eyes is not cataracts. It's something called lenticular sclerosis and they can still see. So that's usually not the thing. Restlessness, uh, we talked about waking up at night and increased daytime um, activity, or sleeping, I'm sorry, more activity at night, sleeping more during the day. Sometimes they're almost more vocal too. You hear them making more noises and trying to talk to you, cats in particular, meowing more at night. They go to unusual places. And they'll even get lost in familiar environments. So sometimes you'll see them walk behind the couch and then they can't figure out how to get out. That's something that people will comment quite frequently when they come to the to their office. Now, can we treat it and cure it? The answer is no. It tends to be really a slow progression of the disease. And we want to try to relieve some of those symptoms. I have been very, very impressed with a drug that we've had uh, for quite a while now. It's, um, it's The generic name is called Selegiline, or Anapril is the name, and it can tends to improve their, their cognitive function. I've had people thank me for suggesting this drug because of the fact that they felt that it gave them two years, three years more of a good quality of life that they weren't having. and Because everything else in the body was just functioning fine, the liver and the kidneys, everything else was great, but it was just this mental uh, dysfunction that they didn't seem to be uh, very, very content with. This is an MAO inhibitor, and it's called, like I said, Anapril. So what I would do is have that conversation with your veterinarian if you can. And we always recommend doing blood work before we put them on any drugs. But there is, and some people may, you know, um, not want to put their dog on, or cat, or dog right now. We don't have anything official for for cats now. But um, talk, have that conversation because I have seen it help. And I will usually tell people, let's go ahead, let's try it 30 days if you're seeing improvement, let's go for 60 days. And then, if but if you don't see any improvement, then we'll stop it. You don't have to continue on with it. The uh, other thing is um, some people say, well, I just want to go the holistic route. What can I do holistically? And sometimes dietary changes can help. Your dog uh, may be put on a specific, you know, therapeutic diet. Those are available now. They're They're called, quote, Uh, brain diets. And these diets contain ingredients such as antioxidants, fats, and fatty acids that may protect and promote healthy brain cells. Um, That's what the the companies are talking about. 
And then the dietary supplements, uh, there's something called Senalife. So some people um, do like these uh, sort of their medium chain triglycerides. And I know I'm getting a little bit technical with the terms, but there is another route. I have just, like I said, this is my opinion. I just feel that the Anapril, it's worth a shot and have seen quite a bit of difference. So with that in mind, uh, looks like we're, uh, we've got about another three minutes left here. I just want to make sure that uh, when we are, again, this whole going back to work, I just want to make sure that what, we want to make sure you can gradually get them back to getting used to you being out of the house. So, you know, do things like picking up your keys and your wallet and then heading to the garage or heading outside. Let them kind of see you at the door, see you kind of walking away or driving away, and then come back after a couple of minutes. I don't think this is the best time, even though the weather's getting nicer and you could probably bring your dogs in the cars with you when you do go for, to the grocery store. Why don't you think about leaving them home for a little while? These little short-term uh, lonely times, not lonely times, but alone times. <laughs> not lonely, but alone times. And, you know, a lot of people are also buying these little cameras that they can watch what their pet is doing. There's some that even are stimulated uh, by just movement in the house. That you, there are apps that will get your phone, turn your phone on. And this is where I know um, Anthony is really up on all the different apps that you can use. But there are things you can do to kind of watch your pet when you do go out for a little while. If you feel that you can't get home at lunchtime, because to go from being home 24 hours a day to all of a sudden, um, you know, you're, you're, you're gone uh, and you can't come back you know, for lunch, have somebody else come in, a friend, somebody that you really do uh, appreciate and trust. That's a, a good option for you as well. And then finally, um, I think that looking at dog walkers, some, there are some really good companies in the area go by word of mouth. Go by um, recommendations. There's uh, also some people will go ahead and they like the um, pet pet locations where they can kind of send their pets. So with that in mind, and don't forget your cats too. Make sure they have toys. If you can keep them busy throughout the day and give them exercise, that's really going to help them be much more confident and much more relaxed as they transition. Well, with that music, it looks like um, we're at the end of our show. I really do appreciate the phone calls. I appreciate being here. And, of course, Anthony Dorenzo is always appreciated, as we mentioned earlier in the show. And we'll be back. Uh, Lori Fast will be here with your training questions next week, and I'll be back Saturday after that. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.